everyone. Welcome to Living the Liminal podcast. I am Christy Peck, spiritual teacher, intuitive, and author of Coming Home, A Love Story. Wouldn't it be something if you could have it all? An uncensored peace, a true joy, and an all-knowing that there is so much more to life than what our human body can see and do and experience. I invite you to join me here every week as my guests and myself have conversations around living consciously with courage, connection, and choosing to feel good even in the uncharted and unknown moments. I am so thrilled you are here and look forward to sharing this sacred space with you. I'm so glad you're here. This is Living the Liminal and I am Christy Peck. I am having like a really funny moment and I'm going to share a little bit about it with you today. Um, and then we have a total special treat for you. Um, this is sort of like an addition to our normal, you know, usually we run these episodes like eight weeks long and we've decided to kind of come in and this is like a bonus episode. It's like a bonus treat for you. Um, and who doesn't like a bonus? I mean, get real. It's like something out of the ordinary that's just surprising and fun and, and sort of flirty and makes us just feel good. So I'm hoping that that's what you're, I mean, that's like really my intention today is for you to just sit back and kind of enjoy the sweet treat we have for you today. So you know that show that used to be on called Kids Say the Funniest Things or, or it might have even been like Kids Say the Darndest Things or something like that, I don't know. But, and, and they like had these little kids on and they like said these funny things or they showed a clip or something. Well, I, it, I had this moment the other day, this experience, and it kind of made me think about that show because um, my daughter and I were sort of just interacting, you know, doing our normal thing. and. I was doing my normal mom moment and, and of course she's a teenager and she just started laughing at me. And I don't even, to be honest, remember what I was doing. I know that a lot of times lately I'm just being myself because I'm learning more and more and more how to really stay grounded in this is me. This is who I am. I am constantly evolving and learning and growing. And this is just who I am in this moment. And so a lot of times I'm just doing and saying and carrying on. And of course, you know, you have these teenagers and young adults and they are constantly shaking their head at you and laughing at you and making fun of you. And I just kind of laugh along with it because I think their perception is so hilarious, right? And, and to be honest, like the interesting thing is for the majority of the time, they're so spot on. And then that just makes me laugh even harder because I'm like, wow, like that is so perceptive of them. And if they can take that skill set of being that perceptive with me and them, they can take that out in the real world. I have no doubt that they will be successful. So if your kids or your, or your friends or your partners are doing that with you, that's a really good thing that you have that trust and that honesty and that, that flair about your relationship that, that you can mirror to each other exactly who you are and, and what you're working on and what's not so cool about you. So of course my kids love to point out that. And that just, again, makes me laugh even harder. Well, this other day, my daughter and I are carrying on and 
we might have even been in the car. And she just started laughing at something I did or said or something. And she said, Mom, you just give me life. And okay, I'm going to be honest, I'm getting a little choked up saying that because it, it kind of took me by surprise when she said that I had to really do some thinking like, okay. And I looked over at her and she was just laughing. And, and I was like, okay, what do you mean by that? And she was just like, mom, you're just so funny. Like, you're just so who you are. And, and for her to recognize that. So it kind of got me thinking, right? And I kept just kind of stirring and muddling and letting that sort of simmer in my head, in my heart. Mom, you just give me life. Well, then, I don't know, like a week or so later, she was laughing about telling me a story about some of her friends and some of the things they were doing. And she started laughing and she said, oh my gosh, mom, this gives me life. And again, it, it like, I don't know where she got that phrase from, but it was so profound for me because again, it kind of rattled my being. Like I got chills, which I normally get when something really resonates for me at a high level. And, and it really got me thinking, and of course, hearting, my little phrase for when my heart kind of leaps a little. And I started thinking, what is our own imprint? Like, what imprint are you making in your life? So in your relationships, in your job, in your community, in your neighborhood, with your husband or wife or partner or friends or kids or, or whatever, what is the imprint that you're making meaning okay who are we and and what are we and how are we and why are we and then what imprint do you offer to others right and so sometimes we knowingly offer it to others and we knowingly be ourselves but sometimes it's unknowingly. Unknowingly, we're offering to other people and we're doing for other people and we don't even know it. And, and so like these questions came to me like, what gives you life? What gives you life? What can you do to give life to another? You know, a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of times all around the whole society, everywhere on social media is, you know, be kind, be grateful, be generous be loving, be, be what, be compassionate, be understanding, be a good listener. But I don't think sometimes we sit back and we really contemplate what gives you life and what can you do to give life to another. And, and to me, it's, it's about like, what do I want to be? Like, who do I really want to be? Do I know who that is? And if not, how am I going to figure that out? And am I giving that freedom, okay, that loving freedom to another person to do the exact same? So, you know, like, are we interconnected in that way? Which, I mean, we know spiritually we are. And, and I guess today I'm, I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth as the human Christy and the spiritual understanding of Christy, right? The soul that's coming out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try something a little different today in this episode and play along with me, if you will, because that's fun, right? And we all like to have fun. So play along with me. But I want you to imagine with me, okay? We're going to do this little imagination thing here. 
I want you to imagine that you are in a beautiful park. And I mean, this park has some trees, massive big trees, and they're green. They're beautiful, beautiful, um, um, what I call flavors of green, variations of green, okay? Leaves hanging, and, and these, these trees have these trunks that are huge, and they're sort of hugging the ground. And, and along the pathways, there are these beautiful bushes that are just, um, they're green and the leaves are beautiful and the, you can even see the brown of the, of the, the stalks, you know, and, and the part of the wood that's kind of governing that bush from the base where the ground is hugging it and the roots are kind of flourishing underneath to these brightly colored flowers sprouting of various shapes and sizes out from these bushes. It's gorgeous. And in the midst of this booming energy, um, energetic park is, is a small lake. And it's a beautiful lake and the sun just kind of glances upon it. It's almost like a mirror-like iridescent light rays. They just kind of bounce off and you can just kind of see all of this. And you're standing there kind of on the edge of this lake and you're wondering, what does all of this part of my life mean? What does all of this mean? And you're just sort of taking this in this natural understanding, right? Of everything around you. And in that moment, you sort of, you sort of take a breath, a really deep breath, and everything just really seems to get very still. Can you just feel it? Feel standing there and the, the lake kind of stills and the, and, the, and the leaves still and the flowers sort of hang in their color. And the water, it just seems to, even though there's a light breeze that you can feel on your arms and the back of your neck, the water just seems to feel very still in that moment, almost like a piece of saran wrap has just been laid over it. And an urge appears in your heart that you wanna discover, you wanna explore something, you wanna play around with something. And you think, what if I can create movement here? What if all this stillness, I can really create movement? What would all that surrounding me look like if there was movement? And you sort of pick up a little pebble that you see on the ground and you gently force toss it into the lake and you just watch what happens. And this simple intentional action creates some movement. The water sort of ripples and each ripple creates another ripple and there's more movement and each movement creates more movement. This is how powerful you are. This is how you give yourself life and how you offer life to others. Intentional action that comes from a curiosity to move. And by moving, I mean inspiring, celebrating, motivating, uplifting, restoring, rejuvenating, elevating. Intentional is about knowing why you do what you're doing. That comes from a very curious nature where you get to ask questions about what moves yourself and others. So in that way, movement is about learning and being a learner. This episode today is the top 10 episodes that I have the honor and the gratitude to share with you today. And it's the top 10 episodes that you listen to on Living the Liminal. These are the people, 
their stories, their wisdom that gave you life. And they gave me life because they gave themselves life. I began this podcast about a year and a half ago. And I began episode one of season one talking about how I woke up many, many years ago. Awareness is a conscious opening up to the more of life. It's the beginning of a very present conscious lifestyle. One where you start to notice, you start to become more aware, you start to understand things better. You start to pay attention to how things link up in your life. You start to feel these nudges to, to get rid of and clean out and, and, and take on, adapt to new ways and, and really make some significant changes that feel good in your body. And you begin to pay attention to having this desire that comes out of like your heart and your, and your stomach gut area where it just, it won't let go. It just is like a neon sign. It's flashing and it constantly until you start moving toward it. And the more aware that I became, the more connected I became to a collective humanity. It has been a partnership from day one. And here is what I mean by that. The part that I needed to connect to regularly was this bigger learning, this bigger energy, this, this all perfect energy. And I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. The other big learning that I got from this is I can never do it alone. I have to take this God energy with me everywhere. Because there were two, there are too many experiences, too many human experiences, too many human people that really are out of my control. My teacher, the situation with the other classes, the rules that the school have, those are basically out of our control. And you know, you see these every day in your life, things that are just out of your control. It's what I call, it's the way it is. We could put energy into talking about how that was not really a smart rule for, for the school to have, but that's not the point. The point is that learning that you can never go alone because there are too many things outside of your control. And the only way to truly have this peace in your heart is to take God with you and that will bring the peace. Now, I want to say this again, because I don't want anyone listening to feel like this is about the Catholic Church. And even when I talk God, I'm talking about this loving force energy, this higher consciousness, this truth of empowerment, nature, things, things in the universe. You're going to hear me use all kinds of words like source and spirit and archangels and angels and Holy Spirit and Jesus and Mother Mary and the divine. You're going to hear me talk all of it. I use all the words. I use them interchangeably, it doesn't matter. And whatever word you want to use when I say God, replace it. Replace it immediately and don't give it a thought. Think about the message and stay tuned into this message. So my wisdom, even from, from an age of seven on, was I don't go alone. And I want that to really sink into you. I don't go alone. There, we are here in this life, in every experience we have, whether it's good or not so good, because that's the human way but we're here to live fully. We're here to experience joy and peace and love. And if that experience doesn't immediately teach you love, then pay attention to it. If you find yourself in an experience that 
feels funky or it's making you anxious or it doesn't feel good, then that experience is here to teach you something. And when I say get away from it, it means learn a lesson from it, learn what you need to learn, take some wisdom and run the opposite direction. I have to take God with me everywhere I don't go alone. I don't go alone. I take God everywhere. And by God, I'm meaning I take nature in with me. It's like, it's like holding hands with nature and we take on a walk. I take higher consciousness with me. I take love with me. I take a higher power with me. I take the universe with me. I take the divine with me. I take source energy with me. So whatever you use as your uh, beyond you, okay, spirit, I take it all with me. I take it everywhere I go. Moments of these surrendered awareness, they, that's really what a spiritual awakening is. And, and they began to just keep coming towards me. They began to keep finding me. These moments defined by a conscious experience where we pay attention. We might begin to see and hear direction. We might uh, maybe shift most of everything about our own existence. Like I said, it might be that you get rid of stuff. It might be that you take on more stuff. It might be you want to dress different, eat different, live a life different. It might be that you're making different choices. It might mean that all of a sudden you sound and look different for a while. Irene Weinberg, author of book, the book, They Serve Bagels in Heaven, and the podcaster um, of the Grief and Rebirth podcast, which I highly recommend. You read the book and you listen to her podcast because they are freaking amazing. She shared her profound awakening with us. Sometimes our awakening is met with like a shocking experience that kind of rocks us. And sometimes it's a more subtle and, and softer paced pattern of experiences that just sort of link up. An awakening is about noticing, paying attention. It's the, it's the aha moments, but it's more like the grand finale in a fireworks display where the aha just goes boing and it just kind of like shakes you open. Here's what Irene had to share with us. And we flipped over and over four times and we landed upside down in a ravine. And the, the amazing, amazing part was as we took off for the first flip and we were just taking off into the sky, a second message came into my head and it said, he's not going to make it, you are. And I had no chance to process that because I was flipping over and over and over in the air. And then we land upside down and I had gotten the messages that he had to go. And I look over at him and I, I said, Sully, are you okay? And I saw that his whole personality had left his body. And indeed, like I had been told, he was gone. Wow. Now I, it was amazing. Now I feel that I, I, a helicopter landed because I've had three major surgeries since the accident. I was bleeding to death from a torn artery in the bottom of my foot that called for two blood transfusions. My collarbone was reversed inside my right shoulder. I lost the ligament in the knee. And, but I had rolled up because I'm, I'm a little, I'm petite. So I had rolled up like in a ball. So whatever probably crashed down and pierced Saul's brain that started a heart attack. It just pierced the bottom of my foot as the car was rolling. So now I'm 
in my seatbelt upside down, I see a helicopter, uh, an EMT rather, comes to my car. They turn the car over and I feel his hands reach through my shattered window, undo my seatbelt, turn me around, and he starts pulling me by the shoulders out of my window. And as he did that, a male voice, and Christy, I love telling people, I wish I could tell you it was a female voice, but it was a definite male voice. It was just authoritative kind of matter of fact. It said to me, be loving and kind to everyone as I was sliding through the window of my car. And that started a transformation because I knew something was up. I, who had never believed in any of this, it perceived that soul was still with me knew that there was some kind of plan to this. I didn't know what was going on. I, and I didn't get, because I got the messages, I didn't get all crazy screaming for myself. I knew that something was happening. And when they put me in the helicopter, instead of screaming for myself, I kept saying, thank you very much. It's the weekend before Christmas. Thank you for coming out. I've been told to be loving and kind to everyone. When they got me to the hospital, um, I had a whole thing that went on there. My stepdaughter, who I had raised, I had custody of her, came over. They told her her father was gone. She fainted before she left uh, to run to tell her husband what had happened. I said, honey, I want you to know that I'll, I love you. I'll never hurt you. She said, I know. I mean, I, been, I would be loving and kind to everyone. And I got a call three months after the uh, operation. And the assistant to the surgeon who saved my life and stitched up my foot said to me, you changed lives in the emergency room that night. We had never seen anyone who responded to such a tragedy with love. Everything you did had to do with love. And I said, I said, Trish, I had a, an amazing spiritual awakening. I got these incredible messages. So my story, you know, as someone now I'm opening up. Irene received very impactful guidance of which her free will had a choice. Do I trust this or not? And Irene shares, she didn't always trust this kind of stuff. She thought it came in and she thought it was hokey. A lot of people do. People call it woo-woo. People call it weird. They think you're crazy if you start listening to this kind of guidance from the universe. Trust is always influencing how conscious we choose to be in any moment. There is an energy that vibrates a super high frequency when we offer up our suffering to a sacred sovereignty. It's as if we give freely our own existence with a deep knowing that all will be taken care of to the best of what is good for all. That's really what trust means. It means I am offering up. Think of it as like a pretty package uh, that you're, you're handing to someone. Think of it as a tray filled with just the most delightful um, um, treats. Think of it as a, a bouquet of beautiful flowers that you're handing to someone. When we offer up, that's trust. We offer it to the universe, to higher consciousness, to love, to God, and say, we know what will come out of this moment is what is best for us. When I interviewed Christy Huseman, she shared her profound surrender. Surrender requires trust and trust requires surrender. You don't have one without the other. They are a partnership package that goes into living consciously. 
and making conscious decisions and living a conscious lifestyle. I remember feeling chills as Christy talked about her letting go to God moment. Here's what she had to say. I do work there and I trusted all those medical professionals, but I felt like I needed some higher power on my side at that time. And that's just the feeling that I had. I mean, I actually felt people praying for me. So I felt like that was the right person to call on at the time. Do you, was that a pattern in your life to call? No, not at all. So I think that's, that's the other part that's so interesting in that moment that you decide to call on him because that wasn't your pattern. Right. That I wasn't mean, typically I would have just assumed I could deal with it myself and I would be fine and I could figure it out, but I knew this was way bigger than me and I needed someone else. To call in. Yes. So, so today, a year later, is he who you call on first? He definitely, yes. And, and I want our listeners to know that while Christy and I are talking about God and we're referring him, it to him, I like how Christy also said I needed a higher power. So, you know, like what, what, whoever, whatever, however you connect to anything that's higher and bigger and more loving energy, that's what I want you to get out of this conversation that we're having. So while we're talking God, you can refer to it in any way you need to. I think that's important for our listeners to get in this moment. So um, tell us like, okay, so you write the word God and then, and then like, do you, did you keep God with you? Do you think during all that, did, did he, is he traveling with you? How do you know that? I knew that because, I mean, I was raised Catholic, but basically my spirituality up to that point was I went to church. I didn't think much about it outside of just going to church every week. Um, but while there, you know, a priest came in and he actually brought me this prayer shawl that somebody had knitted from my parish. And I had that with me. And at the same time, they were doing an actual prayer service at my church. And weirdly, I could feel like the power of all these prayers being like covering me. So I knew that this higher power was with me and was there with me and whatever my life, wherever my life was going to go, it was in his hands, not necessarily mine at the moment. So it was basically me having to surrender and letting go of control and giving it over to him. Prayer, intention, ascensions that come from grace, all send an energy into our physical reality like throwing the pebble in the water. These often come from our beliefs about who we are and thoughts about life. Wendy Wrights calls these mental constructs, the way we think about something, the belief that we have about something that we hold on to, the thoughts we have about something that we hold on to. She calls them mental constructs. What an interesting place we could really find our own self when we anchor into a construct, an idea, or a belief. I mean, it's totally interesting when you start to explore, why do I do what I do? Why is this behavior, where is it coming from? Because unraveling, untangling, dismantling those belief systems, those thoughts, those ideas, 
that's where you get into what is the soul telling you to do that you've sort of ignored and you sort of moved away from, right? She talked about how curiosity is a framework for moving our own consciousness beyond the construct. So life doesn't take place when we're held to these ways of thinking that keep us sort of anchored into blah, blah, blah. And I'm using that, those, 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 those uh, in, in you, in, intentions and I'm using those, those movements of my mouth and, and sounds because I want you to feel that when you're living in a place that you're tied to your constructs, to your ways of thinking and believing, that's not where the conscious lifestyle takes place. That's not where the breath of life can take place. That's not where you find life. Here's what Wendy had to say. I experienced intense inspiration that led me through this process of artistic process of this, this unique multimedia mixed media technique on a daily basis. And I had new relationships and different things came. And so the we part is really about inspiration compared to intuitiveness, which is what me is. So through this whole process of healing, those aspects are, and they're a different perspective on yourself. And they're also a different perspective on the world. Like I, me, we, us, you understand yourself according to that. And you have a perspective according to that. And it's very holographic. So a couple of years ago, I had hired a design team to do a website. I always thought I was going to write a book, but the holographic information, um, it lends itself to multiple books. And so I was told to do a website. And then, so those people were very instrumental. We did a whole list of these holographic terms and we got to, I put I, me, we, and us, and it just jumped out on the page. And everybody said, it's not I, because you're already at I, it's me, we, and us. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it started. And it, it's extremely symbolic through the whole website, through all the books, through all the learning modules, it always comes back to those perspectives because that's the whole, that's you holographically. So do you feel like for our listeners that like part of me is, is getting the sense that you sort of need to be open and willing to see your life mm-hmm. in this way. So you sort of already have to be and not that it's a, it's a, a have to be, but I'm just going to use that terminology, but you, you sort of have to be stepping onto a different way, like where maybe all of you are, are in that curious phase of saying to yourself, there's got to be a different way here in this life. There's got to be something like, I know I always say to, to when I'm sharing stories, it's when you start saying to yourself, there's got to be more fun in this life. There's got to be more joy. There's yeah. got to be more peace. There's got to be some, this cannot be a life of this kind of stress. Like this is not really feeling good anymore. So do you feel like people have to be like, at least in that phase of curiosity to where they're starting to open their life up that it could look different and be different? Or do you think someone could just be still asleep in that phase? So the way I understand it is we all have a mental construct and that's really our belief system. 
And okay. certain things happen to us. We have catalysts, events in our house, or even relationships that push us to a certain point where that belief system no longer works. It's no longer your coping device anymore. And when that happens, your, your mental construct opens. And it's, it really is desiring more understanding. And so um, me, we, and us takes the approach of, this is something people step into. This isn't something that we market. We, okay. we make a presence. Yeah. And so, and what I have learned is higher consciousness guides people to me, we, and us when they're at that point, when they have that desire. I want, this isn't working for me and I, I need more information. I need, I need something else. And so at that point, they're usually led somehow to me, we, and us, and then they step into it. Recently, I have had some little experiences that in the past would have totally locked me into a cycle of downward spiral. It would have locked me into my constructs. The other day, it was the last weekend that my father-in-law was living with us. And if you've followed any of the podcasts, you've heard me talking about that my father-in-law came to live with us about a year and a half ago, um, a little over a year and a half ago. And he, we brought him here very intentionally. We knew what we were doing. He was on hospice. We were very, very mindful of, of what we were pr- presenting with him, providing for him um, as he was, our understanding was that he was in his last stages of his life. And, and we knew we wanted to surround him with love so that he could peacefully move from earth into the afterlife with love. And that, that year became a little more than a year. And so we had to kind of begin to make some different decisions, right? Because we were intentional about one decision, it led to being intentional about another decision. And um, we were all getting into a space where it just wasn't good for anybody anymore. And so, um, this was the last weekend before he, before he actually moved into his nursing home. Um, and I won't lie, it was rough. The last month was extremely rough for all of us. Um, I was exhausted physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and even spiritually. I just became empty. I was giving and giving and giving and giving. And really, it was hard to take care of myself in that way. Um, even doing the things that I talk about on this, we were, we were just in a really bad um, relationship together. And I knew he would be moving to a nursing home soon. And I was feeling all kinds of emotions. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I was feeling anger and frustration. And, and I was like, what does this keep happening? Why is this going on so long? What is going on? I was just in this very headspace of asking these types of questions. And a couple episodes ago, we had Deborah Martin on, who um, is a global medium and healer who is exceptional and profound and amazing in the work that she does. And she spoke with us about how we can choose love in the moments that chain us to fear. And in this moment with my father-in-law, the last week or couple weeks, I was chained to fear. I was feeling it. I kept even seeing the word ego everywhere on the cars. How hilarious is that? The universe was teaching me and telling me and showing me how I was, but I was so, I was so anchored into my construct 
that I couldn't get myself out of that to feel different. It is so human of us to ask why, why is this happening? This is the human part of us. And it wasn't that I wanted to get rid of the human side of us. I just was struggling to breathe and bring that breath into my life. Deborah Martin offered a wise perspective on a holy shift and what she considers to be the holy shift within us to choose love over fear. And here's what she had to say. When something happens to us, we ask, well, why did that happen to me? Right? Why? So why did I get cancer? Why? Why is a healer? How am I going to explain this? Why me? Right? And so I was like, well, I may not find out the why, but instead of being frustrated with the cancer, I embraced it. Yeah. So there's a difference. We always say, let's fight it. Let's fight it. Let's, you know, let's get, let, let's be We're the true troopers. We're going to beat it. Yeah. Where instead I said, no, no, no. My body needs me to love it because yeah. fighting it becomes a resistance. Yes. Yeah. Right. But loving it is nurturing it. We have magnificent bodies. And we get so frustrated when they don't work the way we want them to. Yes, and so yes. that means it's, it's kind of telling us stop and breathe and just be and embrace yourself. Your body is a magnificent tool telling us when it needs that time. Yeah. Right. And so Listen, I did that. Yeah. I also, I loved in that book, Doctors, Faith and Courage, you talk about that you constantly had to remind yourself, remove my humanness. I need to remove my humanness in this moment. Okay, this is another moment. I need to remove my humanness. I think that awareness was so, um, I mean, it sounds silly and it sounds like, you know, we're laughing, but I think that we have to be that conscious in our life. That's where we get the learning and the lessons and the growth is when we can be that conscious of, Okay, in this moment, I feel my humanness. So maybe okay, so, in moment, if I shift a little. So there's two things. I'm not telling you not to go through the emotions, okay? Because the emotions we do have to feel to heal. So I did face the emotion. So seeing a radiation machine or taking chemo was scary for the first time. I went yeah. through that fear and then I replaced it with faith and love, okay? So... Today, as we walk around in society, we have a lot of changes. We have a lot of shifts. Some of us are not liking the shift. Some of us are really happy with the shift that's going on in our world. Coronavirus is all the unknown. Well, we can all sit here and fear that coronavirus, right? And what's that putting out there to the world? It feeds it, yeah. right? But we, Or we can love it and go... I know that there's so many unknowns, but I'm going to do my part and all will be well. And if we constantly all stay with that same consciousness, that goes out there and it, it heals. I do believe love. The freedom of true love is a choice. It's a choice to offer yourself the space to be human and to be a soulful experience of yourself. I do believe that love is a choice to offer that freedom to the other person to be that. Now, it doesn't mean that I accept you in full capacity. So please project all your fear onto me. So please 
do whatever you want to me, say whatever you want, act in a way that's not respectful. No, that's not what it means. To truly give and offer someone the freedom of love is to say, you get to be you and I get to be me. And together we are going to unionize our collective beauty of who we really are. And we're gonna, we're gonna collectively see each other and show up for each other. And so if you're in a bad way and you're, you're showing your anger, I'm okay with that. As long as it doesn't compromise who I have to be in that moment. So this Sunday morning, getting back to my father-in-law, it was a Sunday morning and I headed into his, his uh, we had created a memory care unit for him and I headed into that space to bring him breakfast and to get him ready for the day. Um, you know, we change his clothes, we get him cleaned up and we get him really ready for the day. And as I opened the door, all I saw was a hot mess. Um, he had been doing things through the night. So furniture was moved, things were tore up. He had no clothes on. He had, you know, gone to the bathroom on the floor and, and it was just, I was just sitting there and this is not what I needed. This is not what I wanted. I, this experience just kind of enveloped me and instantly I could feel this constriction, like a flood of emotions, anger, exhaustion, frustration. I mean, I was kind of downright pissed off. And, and for a moment I was like, I almost felt like someone was strangling me, like I couldn't breathe. And, and I needed a moment of divine intervention, to be honest. And I remember I just closed the door for a minute and I just, I just stood there and the tears welled up and, and the tears started kind of streaming down my face. And I had to actually, I remember holding the door like I could hardly get the air into my lungs because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And, and I remember that I just remembered something kind of came over me at the same time. And I, I remembered, Christy, come on, you have a choice here. Like you have a choice to see with clarity how this other person invites you to love. And sometimes they invite you by doing things you don't understand. And sometimes they invite you by doing things that hurt you, but it's okay because you know where you are and you're here in a capacity to serve this person. You agreed upon this relationship to serve this person, to serve this person at a higher way, in a, in a higher way because love is a choice. I remember a few episodes ago, Raven Valencia shared her incredibly moving story, how she was brought to her best and how love opened her heart and how her son was the one that did it to her, the relationship with her son. Here's what Raven had to say with us. It's about getting you to be in the moment. Well, how do we get in the moment usually? Because something's going on that brings our focus to right here, right now, and there's nothing else you could do. The first thing that did that for me was Corey's birth. It brought me right here, right now. I couldn't look at anything else. Yeah, it you kind know? of made and you it, streamline your focus a little bit Exactly. More. And this is the same thing with the, with the drumming and the going live. It's like, I'm focused right here, right now. I can't be worried about, oh, I can't go outside, or I need to go get groceries. Am I going to get sick? 
you know, I can't be worried about any of that stuff. I can just be right here, right now, being me, the best me I can be in that moment. And it isn't always going to be best to any, everybody else, but it's the best I can do in that moment. Well, I think that's, that's kind of what surrender really is, is just, just saying, hey, you've got me right here. Like, you've got me here in this moment. This is all of me. And I just love that whole phrase. You've, I'm all in. It's, this is all of me right now. And I'm going to give all of me to this moment to do the best that I can do. And I'm going to let myself just be that channel for other people. And, and however that needs to look and feel. And, and I love that about you. You also said a little bit earlier that, um, um, let me go back to this. When Corey was first born and you met with the priest and the priest was talking about sin and punishment, I mean, you and I both know that those were lies. I mean, those were lies that, but was there a little part of you that kind of believed that at first? And then you went, no, wait, that can't be, that can't be what this really is. Absolutely. I mean, if you can't, the guilt I felt about what did I do? what did I do that my child you know because we all say it when you're pregnant right if you want a boy or a girl oh I don't care as long as it's healthy as long as it's healthy right that's what we all say and then it's not and so what do you do with that you know what do you what do you do with that and I had to learn what to do with that and um so yeah so there was tremendous guilt and and going back and looking on the day I conceived and did I, could I have done something different if I had done it sooner or later, five minutes early, you know, what, what would have changed? What would have been different? But, you know, like I said, 38 years in, I know that it was what it was. And I, yeah. I wouldn't trade him for the world. I love him so dearly. He is such an amazing young man. And he has, he opened my heart in a way that I, no one else could have. Yes. Not and no my other, husband. Not and my I think husband. no other situation could have done that, done right. that for you. I always say that he came to show me, to mirror to me, how broken I was. But to also because mirror to he you. he was whole. But he was whole. So also. Spiritually, he, he was whole. Yes. So physically, he, he mirrored your human part where you, you stayed in that human brokenness, right? But he yes. also was there to mirror your wholeness of love and pureness. Exactly. That the other part of you, you had distracted, numbed out, just forgot about, and you needed to remember that piece. Absolutely. Because well he, that's what he brought to you more yes. than, so, so physically he had to take on that role because you had to see it that way so that you could open up to the other part of you that really needed to begin to flourish and thrive. When situations move us from fear, exhaustion, panic, doubt, worry, to a censored place of honest love, that's an awakening. That's awareness. That's a consciousness to serve your life by bringing breath to you and to others. That morning with my father-in-law could have turned out differently had I not been willing to accept the invitation to witness love. And as I got him cleaned up and prepared his room for the day and got him breakfast, I felt love's embrace. I felt it so much 
you guys, that I started speaking to him. Words were coming out of my mouth. Words like forgiveness, words like love, words like family, words like, you know, who we are, words like everything's going to be okay, words of comfort, words like that. I hope hugged him because, because I could witness that in that moment, love was needed. Suzanne Giesman, an amazing medium, global renowned medium, author of many, many, many books, um, spiritual teacher, talked about moments like this when she shared how we are in this world and not of this world. It's sort of like sitting back and just being the observer of your life, right? Almost like when you're watching a movie, you're watching a TV show, like being, we are in this world and not of this world, like not taking things too seriously and just sort of witnessing yourself, witnessing others, watching. Here's what Suzanne had to share with us. Feel the grief, roll around in it, cry, it's okay. That's why you came for that experience and you will grow from it, but never forget you are in this world, but not of it. And, and I just love that because I feel like we're, we have so many out there that are just all the spiritual and, and they sort of want to downplay the human role, but the human role is so important to the it other is. part of welcoming it all in. It absolutely is. If we didn't come here to have these experiences, then why come at all? Yeah. My favorite story was when I was out of balance from doing too many public appearances in one week and too many readings. And I said to my husband, let's just go for a nice gentle mountain bike ride in the woods near our house. And we're out there on the bikes and we're, it's a beautiful windy trail with pine needles and it's all flowy and it was perfect until we hit this spot with all these roots and rocks. And all of a sudden I'm getting bumped around and I have to focus and I'm getting jarred around and getting really irritable. And I thought, doggone it, this is supposed to be relaxing. And I heard this booming voice say, it's a mountain bike trail for God's sake. And I just started laughing out loud and it's like, okay, I get it. And the lesson is, this is life for God's sake in human form. It's gonna have its bumps and you're gonna get bruised. And you knew that coming here. So in the Navy terms, we say, suck it up. You know? <laughs> but there are times when we do cry and it's okay. And that's when spirit gives us beautiful, loving friends who remind us this too shall pass and it's okay to cry. And, and these are sacred times when we suffer. We know but that it will come out the other end even stronger. I think when we really are present with that human side of us that, that, you know, whether it's intense fear or sadness or, or unknown, you know, um, just that's that scary part of being human. It really is the most sacred part of the big journey. Like you say, the story or our spiritual journey, it's so much more, it, it becomes so much more when you can just honor that human part Yes. In the moment of whatever is in front of you, whatever you're going through at the time. And, and Christy, I grew up in a family where we were not allowed to be angry or upset. We weren't allowed to feel. It was like my mom was the queen of denial. And wow. so I am really having to work on 
feeling everything, but you're absolutely right. That's, that's what we're here for, to feel it, to honor it, to acknowledge it, and see where those feelings arise from, because they are not aligned with our true nature. They come from being wounded as children, and every one of us is walking wounded, and that's okay. And I think it's so, I mean, this is the stuff I get juiced up about is when we can just be fully human and then, and then uh, watch it, like watch, watch whatever our human self is, is doing in that moment and honor whatever is coming. But then all of a sudden see how it threads back to the beginning and how you can get back to love so instantly, even in a very intense moment of sadness or grief or or fear or whatever. Yeah, it's unfortunate when being fully human hurts other people. So that's the part that I would advise people that we're not here to do that at all. No. So um, it's once you really realize who you are, you can't hurt another. No. And, and if by accident something slips out, you're so aware of it. Our, our loved ones who we live with, like my husband, he's my greatest teacher because you have certain patterns you get into of interacting. And if I, if I suddenly say something that sounds sarcastic or snitty, I say, whoa, that's not my soul speaking there. And, and you just catch yourself. But hurt people hurt people. That's one of my favorite phrases I ever heard. It's funny. Sometimes it even gets me that everything we are going through at all times is sacred. It's holy ground for learning. The feelings you're having, the emotions you're having, the pain, the wounds, the hurts, even the fun, the laughter, the joy, everything is holy ground for learning, for understanding who you are and who others are. It's div it divinely can be orchestrated to serve our higher purpose. And I fully believe that it always is. And that really in some remarkably crazy, out of the extraordinary, it always does serve us and it serves us in the highest, best way. Siriyat Makar, who's this amazing kundalini yoga teacher, um, and I write about her going to her yoga class in my book, Coming Home, A Love Story, um, because she was this class that I went to when all of a sudden it started to break me open and I started to understand this sacredness and this divinely orchestrated um, aspect of my life. She shared how we are always learning our growth and our evolution is never ending. There is a sweet spot for learning. Um, back when I was a teacher and an educator, we used to call this sweet spot like the, the, the edge of like comfort and then a little bit of discomfort, right? And that that's this little sweet spot, kind of like the space or the gap between conscious attention or awareness and then what subconsciously like, like deep within your cells and your bones and your muscles and deep, deep within you is activating what you're doing. So there's this sweet spot for learning. And here's how Siriyama talks about that. Is safe for the lungs. And when I say it's yoga practice, not yoga perfect, I'm encouraging students to ride their own edge. You know, you want to go slightly outside the comfort zone. That's where all the magic tends to happen. But you don't want to push yourself too far, too fast. That's where injury can happen. And then maybe you're not able to practice the next day. So just recognizing 
riding your own edge. And your edge is going to be different every time you come to your mat, depending on what kind of day you've had, how well nourished you are, how well hydrated you are, how well rested you are, what kind of mood you're in because of all of those. I love You said a minute ago that your journey is never ending. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I really feel that uh, yoga is the journey of the self through the self to the self. And it's, it's never complete. You know, we're, like you were saying, there isn't one better than the other as far as the physical realm and then our true essence. And earth school and all of these physical realm experiences, they're all tools for us. It's all, it's all lined up so divinely for us to experience exactly what we need to experience in that moment in order for our soul to accelerate, you know, upon that path of, of growth and, and learning. I love that. Um, you also do a lot of sound healing with your gong. Tell our yes. listeners about that because that's probably equal to me coming to your kundalini classes are those gong meditations because I have had so many surreal moments of release and going deeper into my subconscious and just understanding things in a more enlightened way. So share with us how you got into that and what that's like. Well, I started working with the gong as part of my kundalini teacher training in level one. And we get a little bit of instruction and then it's just kind of like a little baby bird leaving the nest and you start to really trust your intuition. And the gong has so many of the same benefits as kundalini yoga as far as improving the glandular system and restoring the nervous system and clearing out the subconscious mind. So since the sound of the gong is not in harmony, usually within three to 90 seconds, our conscious mind realizes it needs to just step out of the way. There is no processing or, or categorizing this experience. So therefore the subconscious mind becomes more forefront, just like in a dream. And usually within about 30 minutes of gong sound healing, we do get to that dream wave state, that theta dream wave state. And we can have uh, visualizations come to us or we can have moments from the past float up to the surface. And so it really is either the subconscious mind giving us feedback from the previous 24 to 48 hours through the dream language through the visualization through the images or it's simply things maybe limiting beliefs things in the subconscious mind that are they're ready to go they're not doing us any good anymore we kept them in there for a mode of protection and now we've we've grown beyond that we don't need that mode of protection anymore and so it truly is junk in the subconscious mind and and that's clearing out thanks to the sound taking us to such a deep state of relaxation so quickly trust is a choice and remember i said trust and surrender they're choices and they go hand in hand just like loving with our whole heart is a choice our life is meant for our own noticing of our tiny small moments 
that can have huge impacts on our heart and soul. I remember this one time I was, I was um, mentoring a music teacher and he was sort of like, he had the passion that I remember from the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus. When I watched him as a teacher, so much of his exuberance and his excitement and his energy to teach kids about music, to have them understand music at such a profound, deep level, to have them engage their whole aspect of music. It just came out. And then there was a side of him that he would go to give feedback to students and it was harsh and it was very critical. And I remember one time telling him, I want you, giving him this exercise, I wanted him to pay attention to the eyes and the facial mannerisms and the shoulders of the person he was speaking to when he gave feedback. And it was such a moving moment for this teacher. He came back and talked about how he didn't really understand the impact of him saying the things that he said to someone else. He just, he just thought it was just the words. And he started to understand that there's energy behind what you say, because little tiny moments can have huge impact. Samantha Reynolds is the owner of Bentley, just this amazing writer, um, author of these so, so beautiful uh, prose and poetry. And, and she has a gift for helping us to feel these tiny beautiful moments and to capture them in our heart and soul and to capture the essence of them so we don't lose sight of what gives us life and how we can offer life to others. Here's what Samantha had to share with us. It's kind of like our role as parenting. We've just not really understood it to be that way all the time. Mm. Well, and what a beautiful credit to you that that your kids have the... Um, the, the independent minds and spirits to be able to, to, to um, separate your stuff from their stuff. That's big, you know, that's big. Like we, I think we often feel what's projected on us by our parents as, you know, we can own that pretty deeply. So for them to, at their young age, to be able to say, actually, that's your stuff, mom. That's, that's very cool. That, that I'm sure circles, circles back to um, you know, to, to how you've raised them. So kudos. <laughs> well, and I think that's what brings me so connected to your writing is just that I see that I see that invitation in your writing that you are also inviting that energy to your relationship with your children through your poetry, your sensing, okay, there's something bigger at play here. Okay. There's something I'm supposed to be noticing here okay, this moment is about this, not that, you know, because so often as parents and, and we can just take a moment and squash it in a matter of seconds because we're focused on the wrong part of it, the wrong aspect. And when you bring that energy, that, that expanded energy to it, you see it so differently. You see the extraordinary in the ordinary. You see that it's meant for more than just what seems to be right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And there's so much flexibility in that. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you talk about writing helps you get into the present moment. Do you find that you getting into the present moment has gotten like 
has grown to you you get quite often in the present moment more often than you used to when you first started writing just because your that practice has been perfected for so many years yeah yeah i would say that's true i mean there are um there's a there's a uh a, you know a fluidity to it so certainly um when my days are you know, are really packed and I feel like I, you know, can't quite take a breath. I will sometimes look back and go, oh, like that was a pretty, that was a pretty thick day <laughs> of like, you know, pretty dense and not, um, I didn't come up for air um, too many times. Um, but, you know, the true sort of, I think like measure of this working is like, pressure testing it with those days and still finding maybe even once I'm able to just go like, Oh, even just like the awareness of what it feels to be this spread thin. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it is, you know, it is to go back to that metaphor of, of a muscle. um, It does get easier for me, at least it does get easier by just practicing it, which is, you know, another reason that, um, it works for me to do it every day um, because it just makes it easier to do the next day. Um, so, so it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a really, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if it, if it was um, hard without reward, <laughs> which like for me, Vipassana meditation was pretty grueling um, and there was a little reward in it, but um but not enough like this to me, the ratio is, is pretty sweet. Like it's, um, it's not that hard and the rewards are, 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 are are really wonderful. Um, like I'm just, I'm just rewarded by, by like these gifts. Like, you know, I'm, I'm looking out my window right now and, uh, you know, I, I think I just am seeing through practice, uh, instead of just, you know, there's, I mean, there's some beautiful cedar trees out the window right now. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I think like without doing this noticing practice, I think it would just be a, a plainer landscape than, than what I've sort of trained my eye to see and, and kind of my heart to experience. It's not even so much visual, right? It's just like what I feel, um, but yeah, like I said, it's not a, it's not a, per, it's not a perma experience, um, but it is easier with, with practice and, and, uh, and, and I, you know, when, when, whenever I'm asked about this, I think it's really important um, for, for people to find that place of ease. Um, so for me, writing, for many people, writing is like torture, you know, it's really like they look at the blank screen or blank page and they're like, oh, like, and so, you know, this would not be a pass for them. But, you know, for me, walking through nature is lovely, but I'm not, I'm not like gobsmackingly hit by nature. I often wish I was um, a I little bit more you. of an urban, an urban person. Um but, you know, for those people, like, that's their, like, that can be, like, a magnificent yeah. daily practice that's easy, and they're just, like, this open portal to what nature has to, like, infuse in them. Um, 
you know, so, so, so that, or, or journaling or, or for some like the sitting in the more traditional, you know, meditative pose is there is that, that ease and the rewards are great. Um, and I think that ratio is important um, because it makes it sustainable. You know, otherwise it's like, Oh, I have to do this again. Um, so right. what's the thing? What's the carrot? <laughs> yeah. It can't be a checklist. It's not something you ha you have to do. It's not something it, it has to feel like almost like a calling to you to uh, mm -hmm. an invitation to get in this space. And this brings me to you. How can you live life with trust? How can you honor the learning, surrender to love, call in a higher power, listen to the universe's guidance, say yes to feelings and still awaken to a deeper understanding of who you are. In an extraordinary rendition of a gorgeous life and the immersion of a soul that went on to share wisdom, Suzanne Giesman's book, Wolf Message, gives us the powerful response to my curiosity about how can you give life, live life. See everything as a way to bring you home. That's what Wolf's message was. See everything as a way to bring you to your heart. See everything as a way to get you home, to come home to your center. Sandy Thorpe and I talk about Wolf's message. She shared her wisdom for seeking this truth within us. Here's what Sandy had to say. All those types of things, which I've heard other people who've read the book, things come to them that are actually in the book. So yes, I, I think I loved every page of that book. <laughs> oh, I mean, I highlighted it. I then went and I, I read it on my iPad because the person who introduced it to me, I, I like instantly, my whole body went on fire like I had never experienced before. I, I do. I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We're all excited here. I know. I, I do have the favorite essence of it was the fact of Wolf's uh, mental health issues. He was diagnosed possibly schizophrenic, even though who knows if that's true or not. But the fact of having a foot in both worlds, uh, yes. and I have in my you know family history some things with mental illness, and so this just almost took it to another level, like as another window to even, you know, seek truth. So. And I think that, yeah, because like for me, it was the whole idea of being very heart centered, being very centered in something that is just so beautiful, no matter who you are, what your life story is, where you're, what you're dealing with, you can go back to that heart, that, that very, and, and, you know, I mean, I wrote a book called coming home, which is the essence of that, like, come home to that place where it is peaceful and joyful and fun and you get all of that. Um, so you, you, your, um, your email address is Sandy soul sister. Tell me where you got the soul sister part. Cause oh, I know yeah. there's a cute story and all there is that. a wonderful story about this. And, and that, that is whenever that, that first uh, group of us that, that were going to study mediumship, we were on, which, you know, folks who, who may, may or may not know who, who Brenda Bowman Baker is, you know, she was a big follower of Suzanne and still is teaching with her in spirit. Uh, anyway, she, we kind of got an email chain going and she, you know, had everybody tell their story and, and the emails got just way out of hand, right? We're trying to get five to six to eight people, you know, doing emails. And so uh, a gal in our group said we should have a Facebook group, you know, start a Facebook group. 
well, I'm, even though I actually have a background in computer programming was my first career. So, you know, I like the technological stuff, but I, I, I had, had not been on, on Facebook. I didn't just want to go down that rabbit hole because I'm kind of, I, I thought I'd get too addicted to it. So I wasn't on it. And so, so to be though with this group, I had to get on Facebook. And so my friend, uh, Lynette Setscorn, who uh, is amazing and uh, she has a and blog. And a wonderful writer too. And unexpectedmystic.com. Yes. I got to plug her blog. Yes. Anyway, um, so she, she's the one who, for, for a handful of us that, that didn't want to get on Facebook or didn't want to have their regular profile on, she came up with the name of Soul Sister, like for our last name. So she created Sandy Soul Sister, started a Gmail account for me. And then who knew that it's kind of what I go online by. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it because sometimes I think in the beginning when we're, when especially mediumship, right? And when you, no. when you talk about like, I mean, I used to joke with my kids because my kids would be like, mom, how do you know all of these things? Like, how do you always seem to know what we're doing and how we're, and I would always say, honey, I got people on the other side. They tell me every, like they're constantly giving me signals about things. And even to this day, my kids are blown away at little things that will just pop in and they'll be like, how did you know that? And, and we laugh, but there was in the very beginning when I first went to Suzanne's workshop, which was back for me in 2016. So um, I was like wanting to hide the fact that mm -hmm. I could do this mediumship. I really didn't want to broadcast it to so many people that I could do this. Did you have that? Did you have that experience that as well? <laughs> I'm kind of laughing because, you know, because I, because, because I do have a history of coming out per se, you know, I'm, I'm gay. I had to go through the coming out. I'm a stutterer. I had to go through coming out with, you know, sometimes okay, so my you're like doesn't work. better at it than me. No, I'm not. I struggle uh, with it still. It's like, oh, my sole plan is let's just give her another opportunity to try to be her authentic self. So, <laughs> you know, I work in the educational field. If somebody hears this podcast, they'll, I'll be coming out because around where I live, uh, there's only a few people that know really that I, I mean, my friends do, but uh, um, so no, I'm not all the way out, but Hey, you know, uh, I, I think we all have a level of coming home to ourselves and this is just part of my story as well. So, um, and I love how you just said the universe keeps giving me more and more opportunities to come out. Right. Because, because our essence is to really just be who we are. I mean, that's really what this podcast is about. It's not really about how to live in the liminal because who knows how to do anything. Every moment's really, the liminal girl. You got it. <laughs> but it's more about just be who you are like in every moment be who you are. But I love how you say that the universe keeps giving me more and more opportunities. Um, share with our listeners, because you're really good at this, like, what does that mean, giving me more and more opportunities? Because I think a lot of people don't understand that they think, and, and you and I are educators, so we get this. I learned it once, I learned it from mastery, I'm done, right? But, but there's that spiral to learning, it's going to keep coming in. So share like your insight on that. Oh, I love that you brought the spiral up as well, because that is such an important concept. People really li listen to that because you do come around and circle around and then your perspective changes every time you circle around. Your awareness, you're different. You're, you're, your soul's the same, but your human self is evolving while well, your soul's evolving too, you know, um, which is sometimes a hard concept for people. But, but yeah. I, I, I would say these opportunities are, we're always diving in deeper to to heal what our human, you know, persona is asking to be healed, 
which usually means, you know, you've talked about this before, we have that choice of fear or love. So I feel all these opportunities may present themselves as fearful in a way to our human self, but that's so they go, hey, uh, take, take notice of this. This is something that you're seeing this in this part of your story, but if you dive deep enough, it is kind of a, a, a core belief of our belief system that we've kind of made up as we go along in this life. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, there's just saying, take another look at it. Find more love. Love that too. All this keeps going back to accept all parts of you to be whole and love those too, right? And all that love is what really cements ourself in just becoming this and and not becoming because we always are this, but it's for our human to get caught up. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for listening to all the episodes of Living the Liminal. It does give me life. And I hope and my prayer and my intention is that it gives you life, that all of what we're learning, whether it's this podcast or any other podcast or your experiences in your life, that they give you breath. I'm saying goodbye today with Sandy Thorpe's beautiful words of wisdom to guide our awakened adventures so we can live the liminal with love, joy, peace, and a whole lot more. Sandy is a beautiful writer who channels um, a higher spirit and her words just seem to resonate today in terms of my original question, what gives you life and what can you do to give life to another? I hope that that's how you go forward and live every moment in the liminal. Here's her poem. You may not know all of the hows and the whys. Might you accept how experience finds you? Hand over what outcome you think you need. Trust in spirit, surrender to love. Your human mind works around the clock. Your soul is timeless. So patience is not hard. Let situations unfold as they will. Trust in spirit. Surrender to love. Be a conduit. Let spirit flow. You may not understand and you may not know. Your soul is connected. So listen well. Trust in spirit. Surrender to love. There is no thing that you must do. Be you as love and let your light shine through. Your purpose is presence. Your soul celebrates you. Trust in spirit, surrendering to love. I love you. Peace out, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, we provide for you the show notes. You can email me at christy at christypeck.com. Or if you are listening on the cool feature on the Anchor app, you can leave a voice comment or a voice question, and we'll be collecting those and using them on future shows. How fun would that be? You know, recently, a good friend of mine gave me this quote and a gift over the Christmas holidays, and it really has resonated with me, and I want it to be a part of our, our great presence of the year 2021. Be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. Whatever you've taken from today's episode, share it with someone else. Share the learning that you're acquiring every single day by being more aware in your life, by being awakened in your life, 
by being brave enough in your life, by being bold enough in your life, and by being strong enough in your life, because you really, really are. May you have a joyful week, remember who you are, and live the liminal. I love you. Peace out, my friends.